Welcome to the Main Street to the World podcast, your passport to boundless travel inspiration and adventure. Brought to you by Coasters and Castles Travel, our podcast takes you on an exhilarating journey through a world of destinations and experiences. From the enchantment of Disney destinations and the thrills of Universal Studios parks and resorts, to the elegance of luxury travel and the tranquility of all-inclusive beach resorts. We delve into the diverse realms of travel. Join us as we explore the globe, sharing insights on theme park vacations, cruising, destination weddings, family travel, special needs travel, and so much more. Let your wanderlust be ignited and your horizons expanded as we unlock the treasures of travel together. And the hosts of the podcast are... Hi everyone, I'm April. I'm one of the owners of Coasters and Castles Travel and I love talking with you every week to tell you about our travel experiences and our opinions and recommendations. And I'm the proud mom of two kids that uh, love to travel with me. And hey everybody, I'm Whitney Maddox. Um, I have been a travel advisor with Coasters and Castles for seven years now. And um, I'm a homeschooling mom of two girls, so I always love to incorporate all that when we are in our travels. And we try to get down to Disney and other places every few months here and uh, keep all the good content coming to you so we can keep you updated on everything going on. And I'm Lynn. I'm the other owner of Coasts and Castles Travel. And I'm uh, kind of taking over the travel bug from my dad. My dad loved to travel. And never expected to be doing this in my life but this is where my path has has brought me we are you know exploring the world at this point now we started with areas we knew and checking out new destinations all the time and and happy to share that welcome back to the main street to the world podcast we do want to thank you for those likes shares and subscriptions um and the day we are recording this is um, May 25th. So we do want to just send our thoughts and prayers to the family of the students in Uvalde, Texas. Um, we're very, very sad and dismayed um, to hear this. And um, we just want to really send those out to those folks because um, we care. So we are actually going to talk about Croatia um, in this episode, and then uh, we will be uh, for the, probably the next couple of episodes, we will be talking more about um, about Croatia, and then our one day in Venice. So, um, April, would you like to share a little bit about what we had to do to get to Croatia, including our flight requirements? So it wasn't. It really wasn't that difficult of a process. So Croatia is very travel friendly. Um, you did not, if you did not have to have a COVID test to enter Croatia. Lynn and I took one just in case to be safe, but because we're vaccinated and you do have to be double vaccinated. So whether it's like Pfizer or Moderna, you get the two shots or Johnson Johnson with a booster, you do have to be double vaccinated to travel. Um, we, our flight was on Lufthansa and going there, it went through Frankfurt to Croatia and um, it was required to have those double vaccinations. So first important point. Um, and then for the flight to Frankfurt, Lufthansa did require face masks. So that was important too. It was a seven hour flight and we had to wear masks the whole time. Um, when we went home, face mask was also required uh, on the plane. So that may have been a Lufthansa rule because we did go into Frankfurt and Lufthansa and then we did Croatia Airlines from Frankfurt to Dubrovnik and they didn't require it. We did find in the Frankfurt air- airport it seemed to be optional because there were some people wearing it, some people not. So not totally sure, but on the plane we had to wear it. So that's something to bear in mind because it is a long flight and um, they were not allowing cloth masks either. So that was an important note. Um, so in had- fact, on the flight from Venice to Munich on the way home, we actually had were required to wear an N95. Hmm. So, so this is our experience. The beginning, or when were we were there? The beginning of May. Um, mm-hmm. Rules are changing, of course, as they have been all along, very quickly. So definitely check to see what the requirements are as far as vaccinations and for testing. 
and still to return home, you do have to have a test within a day of traveling back to the U.S. That's important. Um, so as I mentioned, Lynn and I did still do a COVID test and we actually did a proctored test. And this is something I really highly recommend. There are several companies that are doing it. For this trip, we used Proven Pass. Um, which is something if you're using a travel advisor, which I absolutely recommend, of course, they can help you actually purchase that through one of the travel advisor sites, but you can um, purchase it on your own as well um, through Proven Pass. And this was, you go in, you order the tests and they get mailed right to your house. And then I just scheduled a time for us to take our test, which once Lynn came to my house, we did it before going to the airport. We, you know, it's all online. So it's just a Zoom. And they um, they watch you take the test and then you show the results into the camera and they send you a text and an email with the results. So we printed the paper and we were armed and ready to go. Um, so really, really nice. Didn't have to travel anywhere. I've done this for my past few trips and I highly recommend doing proctored COVID tests. It really just, instead of trying to drive somewhere and figure out who's doing it, because the antigen test was more than enough for both cases. Um, again, we didn't have to have it going there, but for going home, an antigen test is sufficient to return back to the U.S. So that was a good thing. Um, so flying out was very simple. Lufthansa was a very comfortable flight. Um, we did have one hiccup prior to our trip. We originally um, flying in and out of Dubrovnik, which is in southern Croatia. But our flight from Dubrovnik to Frankfurt, uh, no, excuse me, uh, Frankfurt to Boston going home was canceled. So then we had another flight. That was Dubrovnik to uh, Vienna and then Vienna to JFK, which, of course, was out of the way. We were going to rent a car and drive home from JFK at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. That would have been um, chaos. But fortunately, we changed our flights because we saw that it was better to leave um, from the north of Croatia or we ended up leaving from Venice because we were ending our trip in Opatia which is in the northwest corner of Croatia. And so Venice or Zagreb are the two closest airports to that. Dubrovnik was actually a hike away. So definitely, you know, if it's an area you haven't been to, look at a map and just see where you're going and see what proximity things are. Because uh, had we stuck with our original flight leaving from Dubrovnik, we would have had a hassle and a half to try to get back down there to go. And so, a very expensive hassle and a half. <laughs> yes, yes. It would have been definitely very expensive and it just would have been a pain in the butt and a huge waste of time. Um, so it turned out for the best that we changed our flight to leave from Venice, uh, which was only not even three hours from Apatia. So that was a surprise that we didn't realize how close it was. Um, but anyway, so we get to Frankfurt. We hung out in Frankfurt. Um, Lufthansa does have a lounge because Frankfurt and Munich are both hubs for Lufthansa. And they actually had a lounge that because we were flying um, eco- premium economy, we just had to pay $25 each to be able to use the business lounge. And I think that was a value. They actually, you know, they have restrooms in there, of course. They have showers. They had lockers. So we're able to put our stuff in a locker so we could go walk around the airport. And they did have um, some like a small buffet items. They had soft drinks, um, coffees, teas, and some grab and go things. They had like scrambled eggs. Because we were in Germany, I did have to try a German pretzel. That was necessary. It was okay. Um, I can't say it was any better than any I've had elsewhere, but I tried that. And then, you know, some different snacks and whatnot. The newspapers there, of course, there's charging stations and comfortable seats to hang out. So if you are on an international flight, I highly encourage you to, you know, check out a lounge and see, because even if you're not flying the class that gets you into the lounge, there may be provisions to be able to use it, such as we paid a little additional fee. And I think that was totally worth it to have that bit of comfort. So yeah, you just want to make sure you're at least um, level up from economy. <laughs> Uh, regular yeah, coach is not going to get it. Mm-mm. Well, you would just yeah. pay more if you were flying. No, no, they said it wasn't even available if you were coach. Uh, I thought that was the $50 fee. No. Okay. Yeah, you had to be at least that to, to pay into it, they said. So, um, So, and then we flew from Frankfurt to Dubrovnik on Croatia Air. Um, and this, I have to say we were a little spoiled because it did not even have like an option to watch 
entertainment on your phone. Like there were no in seats. There's no Wi Fi at all. There's no Wi Fi. You couldn't watch any entertainment on your phone. So it was like like oh what do we okay. do for that hour. I know we're so spoiled <laughs> that you're used to like, you know, at least on Southwest you can watch movies on your phone or whatever, or at least you have the Wi Fi that you could watch something. Um so But I did have I because I had downloaded books a while ago in my um Audible. Yeah, yeah Audible. Um app. I was actually able to listen to books on tape so I could at least listen to something, which was helpful. Yeah. I just, I read my book and I looked outside because it was cool. We flew over the Alps, uh, which was amazing to see all these snow topped mountains. And I mean, I don't know half of what we flew over, but you know, flying from Germany through Austria into Croatia was really cool. So uh, I, I was fully content just looking out the window and just seeing everything that we could see, even though it was a little overcast, but it wasn't bad. Um, and then we flew into Dubrovnik and it was pretty simple to get into Dubrovnik. I mean, you just walk through and we went through passport control and here is an important note when you're going through any customs and they're checking your passport, make sure you get your passport back. That That's really, really important to avoid, um, future headache and, and, we'll explain why that is relevant to our trip. Um, <laughs> Because Lynn left her passport at passport control. No. We did not notice she didn't have her passport because it's like, you know, you're in a hustle bustle. You're getting you're tired. Your you're going through. We're tired. because <clears throat> We've been up, you know, they are six hours ahead of Eastern time. So we got into Frankfurt at 630 in the morning, which is basically 1230 in the morning, our time. And then we got into Brovnik about noontime. So it's, you know, we were just basically up for most of the time Lynn slept some on the plane I slept less but you know we're didn't know where we were going trying to figure it out um so that we were a little frazzled but everything went well we got our bags we found our ride to the hotel um when we got to the hotel they asked to see our passport so we could check in and Lynn's looking and looking she's like I don't remember getting my passport and so, you know, panic is starting to set in a little bit because again, and she's going, oh, no, it's in your bag. It's going to be there. I'm like, no, I honestly do it. not remember taking it back. I remember handing it to them, but I don't remember taking it back. And it was not in either of the two bags it could possibly have been in because my other two bags were zip tied. So there's no way that I could have put it in there. Yeah. And yeah. as luck would have it, as we are we're sitting down and we're getting checked into the hotel. Hotel Rixos in Dubrovnik was excellent. Highly recommend it. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, the airport actually called the hotel and let us know that they had her passport and they were sending someone to the hotel to drop it off. So yeah. now to get into Croatia, I had to fill out an entry form. So most countries have this, that you need to fill out a form to, you know, list your information, where you're staying. They'll usually ask some COVID questions, you know, have you been in contact, that type of thing. We had to upload our vaccination cards. um, And I believe we uploaded our passport information as well into the site. Um, So it was a free site. It didn't cost anything for admission. There are some countries that you do have to pay for the form, such as when I went to Bermuda, you have to pay for it. But I think because I had filled out that form and I said where we were going to stay because it asked, you know, your first night at the hotel that they were able to match us all up. So I'm like, if that's the system that's in place, that is amazing. Because Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, it was about half an hour, what, half an hour, 40 minute ride, I think, from the airport to the hotel. Um, It was a little bit. So to have to turn around, get a cab to drive back to the airport to pick our passport and then come back to the hotel we would have both really been beside ourselves <laughs> and being totally exhausted. So the fact that they sent someone to drop off her passport was unbelievable. Now we did have yeah. to, you know, pay a little fee for that, but honestly it was like 20 bucks. Like it was so worth it. It is not even funny. Um, and then we had it. And then one other note, just talking about money is also when you're traveling, make sure you know what the local currency is. That's important. You know, I think we take for granted that most places will accept U.S. dollars. Croatia doesn't want them. So they don't want U.S. cash. And they actually have their own currency, which is a kuna. And it's like 100 kuna is equal to about 14 U.S. dollars. So, I mean, the dollar goes pretty far in Croatia. Um, 
So they, at this point, most places still aren't taking euros. Next year, they're changing over to euros. So then they're going to be getting rid of Kuna. Um, so I did go to the bank and I got us some Kuna. And we also did have some euros as well. Um, there were a few times, I mean, they took credit cards most places. And there were a few times in the credit card machine it would ask, you know, how, what, currency you wanted the charge to go through and then I could choose US. But otherwise, if we were paying cash, it was primarily paying in Kuna. So that's an important note to kind of pay attention because um, I found one even when we were planning the Hungary trip, Hungary had their own currency as well. They weren't on the Euro system quite yet. So and and the other thing is I would I would really recommend before you go to do a little bit of research and and kind of know how many excursions you're going to go on and that type of stuff. Because even though tipping in Europe is not necessarily the same as it is here in the U.S., it still does add up. I mean, mm-hmm. we ended up, I mean, part of it is we also chose, because we were afraid we'd end up with too much Kuna left over at the end. Right. We ended up using it, some of it for our purchases, and then we had to hit the ATM machine. So a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, um, we did underestimate because we, we didn't really know like what we would need. And, and we exactly. underestimated what we would need because each tour guide, we went on tours every day and each tour guide, we did give them a tip. And that's like from each of us. And, and, and as you should, I mean, like Lynn said, they're not necessarily asking for it and they don't really expect it. And they do seem to truly appreciate it. It's still something that should be done. Mm-hmm. And so you just want to have your research. Uh, one of the projects that I do have planned for us to do at some point is to kind of put together a tipping guide to give people an idea as to what an appropriate tip would be for say, if you're on a cruise ship or say if you're in Mexico or if you're in, you know, Jamaica or, or Europe or, you know, whatever. Um, and just understanding, um, you know what I mean? Because as we've mentioned in the past, you know, some of these people that work on ships and stuff don't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? The tips really are very much appreciated. Today's Main Streets of the World episode is proudly brought to you by Coasters and Castles Travel. Ready to bring your travel dreams to life? Look no further. Coasters and Castles Travel is your ultimate full-service agency, specializing in a wide range of travel experiences. From Disney destinations and Universal Studios parks and resorts, to cruises, ocean, river, expedition, and luxury. All-inclusive resort vacations, luxury escapes, European adventures, destination weddings, group travel, special needs travel, adult-only getaways, and of course, family adventures. Our team of expert travel advisors is here to craft the perfect journey for you. Whether you're seeking thrilling theme park experiences or luxurious cruises, every detail will be tailored to perfection. And if the world of travel planning beckons you. Coasters and Castles Travel is currently welcoming applications for travel advisors. For more details, explore www.travelcnc.com or reach out via email at info at travelcnc.com. Now let's dive back into the excitement. Definitely, definitely. So, so all is well. We got her passport. We got settled into our hotel. We took a little nap. Um, then we went downstairs. Did not sleep over the whole night. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, not this trip. And then um, we got some dinner, and we just kind of had a um, an easy night that night because, again, it was such an early day for us. But uh, then the next morning we went for. So the next morning we did, went for a walk to see what was what. And now one really great thing about Croatia. Well, I'm going to say a couple of things. It's considered one of the safest countries in the world. So they have very low crime um, and it's generally safe. It's also very American friendly. Most people speak English. They're taught in early elementary school. They learn English um, and many things are written in English. So it was really easy to communicate with people. It was really easy to kind of get around. Um, and and people are super friendly. Like there were a couple times we stopped and asked for directions and people were like, oh, here, here, here. And 
you know, they didn't seem like they were being bothered or annoyed or anything. You know, some countries, they're not very, they don't like Americans. Uh, I didn't get that vibe from Croatia at all. They were super duper friendly, really, really easy. So that made it very nice. Like we just, we got out and we walked and we end up walking I think it turned out to be maybe a couple miles um, down toward the port of Dubrovnik. So you can take some cruises um, that will actually include Dubrovnik as one of the stops. And I highly recommend if you have a chance to go to Croatia, you need to go to Croatia and Dubrovnik should be on the list. If you are a Game of Thrones fan, a lot of Game of Thrones was filmed in Dubrovnik. Like Westeros, the fortress is Dubrovnik. Um, unbelievable and you can do game of thrones tours there where you can actually see the actual um throne all the swords and everything and i unbelievable anyway so we walked down and we um we went to a local supermarket to pick up some snacks and look for a couple of things that's one thing i found there was a difference there is there wasn't a lot of familiar products um you know the drinks were the same like other than I, you know, I'm normally drink Pepsi and I found the Pepsi there did taste different and I didn't like it as much. So I drank Coke. The Coke tasted different, but not as different as the Pepsi tasted. So just one little preferential thing. Uh, but the food was different. So like Lynn was looking for a particular cracker and we found something that was relatively similar. Um, so they didn't have a lot of the American brands there. But anyway, there were supermarkets everywhere and they're all like kind of small markets. Like there's no like mass Walmart. <laughs> it's all like cute, like little country stores and everything. Um, and so that was fine. We stopped and we got the best pizza I've ever had for lunch. It was so good. I miss Croatian pizza now. It was just the best. And it was just simple cheese pizza. Um, but it just, whatever they did and however they made it, it was the best pizza, hands down. So that was a great start. We went back to the hotel. Um, and then and if you, if you're from New England, uh, specifically the Massachusetts, Rhode Island area, it was very similar to Papa Gino's pizza. So, and Papa Gino's is literally my favorite pizza. So it was really fun having that. And then one other thing to add in regards to the, like the supermarket type thing, part of the reason is, is, you know, they go out and get things fresh every day. Mm -hmm. You know, if they want bread, they go to the bakery and get bread every day. Mm-hmm. Um, which is so different than what we do. We buy a loaf that, you know, that has so many um, preservatives in it that we're probably not even going to need to be embalmed when we're dead. Um, <laughs> um, it's true. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it was, you know, it's very interesting because they do that. They, they literally go out and get fresh bread every day. Yeah. You, yeah. Know, you can't go and buy a loaf of Wonder Bread. It just doesn't exist there. Um, so definitely uh, different, but I think that's a good thing. We did go to the bakery. We got a couple of treats because, of course, you have to try. It's important to sample things, quality control. I don't even remember what I got there. Um, you got, the like, uh, I think you got like the cream horn thing. Um, I got a cream puff thing. Oh, yeah. You got, oh, yeah, it was a cream like horn a there. Cream horn. Because, and then that cream horn didn't taste like a cream horn. But then when yeah. I got a cannoli in Venice, that tasted like a cream horn weird yes yeah yeah that was different not it was disappointing no. mm. anyway so then we made our way and, and that night we ate the hotel had a hibachi restaurant we ate at the hibachi restaurant to try that out and this was something new for the hotel it had only been open a couple of weeks um and and so that was nice and the hotel just overlooks the water so we had a balcony room that you just step out and there is the mediterranean right there which was unbelievable every single view in croatia is gorgeous and picture worthy every direction you look everything is gorgeous it's just unbelievable and the history uh, it was just I, I couldn't get over it like i was just pretty much awestruck at everything you know walking through dubrovnik the next day we did a walking tour around the old town which is the fortress which is a, a living breathing working walled city so people live in this fortress every day and conduct their lives. And it, it's, it's really crazy um, that, you know, the history of this place and uh, what's going on. So if you are a history buff, you can go there and just absorb it. And, um, 
And again, all the Game of Thrones references because of where we were. So that was so worth it. And then um, the next day we got into our van as a group because we were traveling as a group and doing a three-night land tour um, before our four-night cruise. So we got in our boat, uh, our van, to head to Split. So... Um, Whitney, you were a really big fan of Game of Thrones. Yes, I love Game of Thrones. So when we were in the Walled City, they did point out to us different places um, that were uh, where filming had, had taken place. Um, and, and April could tell you the, the, the scene and all that other stuff for the shame, 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 because I don't. No, yeah, I didn't that see was, any of that, but um, Cersei's famed walk, her walk of shame when she goes <clears throat> down the steps and she's supposed to be walking naked and they cut her hair off and all that. And they're all like uh, attacking her. We walked on those steps. That is that's just part of the city. Like what you see in the movie. I mean, granted, it's got some touch ups and things like that. That's what the city looks like. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So we ate the restaurant at the top of those stairs. That was very good. That is so cool. Now, what the hotel that you stayed at, was it, are they just like small little hotels? Like, are there chain hotels around there? Or is it more of just like little local places? Uh, I think it depends on where you are. So there probably are like, I mean, they've got Marriott's are everywhere. Hilton's are everywhere. So they probably do exist in the city. This was, um, um, so This particular hotel we were at was, I think it was only one of them. Um, uh, And and I'm going to forget the name. I know she mentioned it earlier, but my brain is a little bit dead right now. So, Um, but it was, this was probably, this was a five-star resort. Whereas um, some of the other ones that we stayed at were, you know, not quite as, um, as luxurious. Um, in, in our opinion, we definitely didn't find them to be five star, um, even though some of them they claimed were more of a one they claimed was a four star that we really didn't think was a four star. Um, and it was funny, too, because in each of these hotels, they had towel racks that were heated, except not one of them in the rooms that we were in work. actually worked. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we so we stayed at the Rixos Hotel in Dubrovnik which is considered a luxury hotel. And I would agree with that. Uh, Rixos Premium Dubrovnik. And it was a beautiful hotel. It was fairly large. I don't know how many rooms, but it was a good size. It had um, 11 floors. It did have a little casino in it, which we didn't get into it. Uh, friends that we were traveling with um, did go in and check it out. We didn't even know it existed until late. It was only open in the evening. Um, it does have like uh, meeting rooms, banquet rooms. So you could have events there or you could have company meetings there. Um, and it had two pools, an indoor pool, an outdoor pool, a gym, a spa, um, huge outdoor patio with a um, pool bar area. And um, it did a buffet for um, breakfast and dinner. I don't know if it had lunch there. Maybe. Um, yes, they said you could get lunch in the buffet okay because they were actually serving lunch when we got there but then we went for the walk instead yeah um and then um so it was it was a very comfortable hotel and it wasn't far from anything um that you know in either direction you had little shops around as they said there were supermarkets not far away and different shops and so it was kind of right in the middle of everything and right on the water it is not beachfront like it had stairs you could walk down, like you could physically go in the water, but there wasn't beach. Like so sandy beach anyway. There yeah, was a no, speck definitely of, speck of area that probably could be called a beach in certain areas, meaning that it wasn't huge boulders, but it was definitely um, pebbly. So it's it's it was not a sandy beach that you could go on, but there was a small area that you could go. Um, that you know, there actually were some people who had chairs out there and you know, we're sunning mm-hmm. themselves. Um, we found it a little too cool to go in the water. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? At that time of year, um, I, I, I don't remember if anyone actually went in the water, if they were just sunbathing. Um, we didn't even try the pool. <clears throat> no, to be honest with you. no, we really, well, we didn't really have time either. What right. was the weather like sixties or I think that day, cause it was, it was overcast. And I want to say it was in the fifties. Okay. 
It um, was definitely cooler the first day that we got there. It was bright. Uh, yeah, it was overcast those days, but we did have some bright and sunny days. Um, and it kind of varied. We found the weather was pretty comparable to home right now, that it was, you know, could get cooler. Um, in the evening, it was cool. The second night, we ate the hibachi, um, and that was outside, and that was a little cool. You know, we had a sweater on. Um, but there in, in southern Croatia, the weather is fairly consistent. Like, if it gets cold, it doesn't stay cold long. It doesn't get that cold. If it gets hot, it doesn't stay really hot long. Um, they're They're kind of like... Uh, 60s to 80s hmm. most of the time um, so pretty temperate mm -hmm. and then um, we did meet up with the guide that we were going to be spending the next several days with um, the second afternoon mm -hmm. um, so our first day we didn't see anybody from the group and then the second day we met up with the guide I think it was at 245 I think the time mm -hmm. stuck in my head and that was when we went to to the walled city um, and uh, we had a driver that day that I don't remember his name. Um, the driver we had after that um, was Dadio. And, uh, you know, uh, they were, they were kind of teasing because some people said he looked a little bit like Fabio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hair is not quite as long, very tall, very, very tall. He was well over six feet. Yeah. Um, nice kid. <clears throat> and, uh, and that was when we did that. And then in each of the little excursions we went on in the different cities we stopped at there was a local guide as well that would take mm -hmm. us around so we had luca who is our general guide throughout the whole land process and then there would be a local guide as well and, and one thing we haven't said is this whole trip was done through katarina line um which do uh land tours and cruise tours throughout croatia so highly recommend them the whole of uh, whole adventure was done through Katarina and it was excellent. Like I felt in the time that we were there, like, I don't think we could have squeezed in anymore to see. We really mm -hmm. got a good taste of the country, saw a good spectrum of things. Um, the tours were really relevant and really again, gave you a taste of what each area had and um, very well done. So highly recommend Katarina line. If you're yes. for going to Croatia, you need to go book through them. Okay, so we're going to take a quick pause here and do mention our sponsor. Um, so we do talk about this every week, is that uh, Main Street to the World is sponsored by Coasters and Castles Travel, which is owned by April and myself. And we are a full-service travel, travel agency. Um, we do specialize in theme park travel, ocean, river, small ship cruising, and luxury cruising. Uh, uh, all-inclusive, which is like your fun and sun vacations. A lot of those are in the Caribbean and now Europe. And then we'll be doing uh, destination weddings and luxury travel later on in the year as well. Uh, we do have uh, advisors that do specialize in each of these areas. And if you're thinking about becoming a travel advisor, we are still accepting applications. Uh, just go to our website at travelcnc.com, click on the About Us, and then there's an, a link to click to get more information. And then if you're looking to work with one of our travel advisors, that's really easy. Go to our website again. And on the main page, you'll see a big red banner that says, get started planning now. Just click on that. And then we can go ahead and match you up with an advisor. Or if you already know who to work with, go ahead and click on their name. Uh, you can also reach us by phone at 844-422-8785 or by email at info at travelcnc.com. So back to the show. Okay, so we talked a little bit about our first day, our second day, we talked a little bit about, we didn't go into huge detail about um, Dubrovnik, the old city, but um, parts of it were from, you know, before Christ, which was so weird to me to see things that were thousands of years old. And then, you know, parts of it are, you know, after Christ, but still in the early um, centuries. And then there was even some things that we could see um, that uh, um, from the Croatian War, um, you know, because they still had that type of thing. And I actually just looked it up because I couldn't, re I couldn't remember. It says that they actually officially declared independence on June 25th of 1991, and that was from Yugoslavia. So that was a very interesting. Um, but then there was a war after that. So similar to what we did, we 
you know, declared our independence and then went, went to war. And so they gained their independence, I believe, in, in 1992. So the war wasn't that long. Um, <clears throat> so the second day we left, uh, the third day, sorry, we left to go to uh, Split. And Split is another um, walled city type of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, again, stuff from, you know, before Christ, very, 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 very old building, um, tons and tons of history. I mean, this whole area at one part or at one point, um, was part of the Venetian empire. Then it was part of, um, uh, uh Austria, Hungary, and then it was Yugoslavia and, that whole area, Bosnia was part of it, Slovenia was part of it. So these all got broken out, you know, over the years. Um, and this was another area that there was lots of Game of Thrones stuff. Was this split was the area where they had the seat you could sit in, right? The replica of the throne? No, the replica of the throne, that was in Dubrovnik. Oh, okay. I thought they were going to split. Um, well, they might, I think they have like a photo op thing, like one of the stores yeah. had a photo op. But to see the actual throne, that was in Dubrovnik on one of the islands um, off the coast. Uh, oh, okay. So there you go, Whitney. You can go there and, and actually, you know, do a Game of Thrones tour. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you totally can. And um, Split, uh, we walked around the Emperor's Palace. And so that is kind of like the heart of Split. And again, it's like a fully functioning area. It's just amazing. You walk through all these little alleys and there's all little shops and restaurants. And it, it just is... It's amazing that this is just like normal every day for people to just be in the middle of, you know, history like that, medieval history. So for this land portion, were you, did you meet up with other people that were there specifically, like that were going on the cruise part with you? Or were you guys just on your own for the land portion? Good question. We actually, so this was all for travel agents and for the okay. land portion, there were 10 of us all together. Okay. Um, that did the land portion. And then all of those other people also did the cruise. And when we got to the cruise, nine other people joined us. So okay. the land were all Americans, which I found was interesting. So all of the Americans did this pre-cruise tour. And then once we got on the cruise, then there were two people from Austria, two people from Hungary, someone from India, two people from Sweden, and a person from UK, and a person from France. So they so were kind of... Was the C portion also just agents? Yes. They were, so they were just yes. non, other non, non So American. no other guests. This was strictly, um, this was considered a familiarization trip. Okay. And so that's um, something that suppliers will offer travel agents to get acquainted with the destination, with the area, with the supplier, and that type of thing. So this was right. a familiarization trip for Katerina Line as well as for Croatia. And so we had a few extra things that wouldn't normally necessarily be included. Like there were some extra dinners that were included for us that were not in, would be included for the general public. And we did have a discounted rate. So full disclosure on that, um, we, we did pay something, but we did not pay full rate for this, for this opportunity. And it was, it, it was absolutely well worth more than the full rate of everything that we did and saw. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, where, you know, we knew nothing about this country. I honestly yes. didn't even know it existed until probably 2019. Um, so, uh, you know, to really understand so much of the history and to see so much and they put you, they, you know, place you with guides that know what they're talking about. So mm -hmm. when you're working with, you're not trying to find a guide each time if you try to do it yourself. Yeah, that's cool. I know when you they, said you were going to Croatia, it's like, it just, it's not at the top of your like list yes. where you would think like, oh, I'd like to go vacation in Croatia. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I have thought of that, you know. But and, Croatia, and honestly, was the, it was the hottest country in 2019. Yeah. And, and I can understand why, because yeah. everyone needs to go to Croatia. It absolutely wasn't on my bucket list. And I remember even attending some conferences last year before we even planned to do this. And we attended some seminars on Croatia. And my mind is saying, oh, it's going to be a while before I get there. Because um, it just seems like so far away and it seems more remote because when you think of going to Europe, you think, okay, I'm going to go to France or Spain or Germany, you know, some of the, the more familiar countries and not be Croatia as our first trip. And absolutely, like if you picture Europe, Croatia represents kind of what you picture for Europe. 
it is it it represents so well as i said it's so easy for americans to visit it's safe it, it's got uh you know all of the landscapes that you would want you you've got the food experiences like whitney you would love the food you would yeah. love the food yeah i was a little more challenged <clears throat> being a regular person um, but you would love the food and then drinks, you know, I mean, they're huge producers for olive oil. So that was like a huge thing. Um, and of course, gelato, we sampled a lot of gelato, um, cause you just have to try it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it really should be on people's list because it is unbelievable. Very cool. Yep. 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 So, yeah. So one of the interesting thing is on the, we haven't talked to this ship, but even in most places, you know, they'll offer you a meat menu or a fish menu. And usually you choose the meat menu or the fish menu. Um, the meat menu has a lot of lamb and veal on it. Those are huge meats in Croatia. And it's it's very interesting to see how that whole whole process works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was challenging for me because I don't eat anything from the ocean and I don't eat lamb or veal. <laughs> so I did have a lot of pizza and um, not because I had to, because I wanted to, because I it was so, so good. Um, but in some instances, that was just easier for me being a pickier eater. I did have beef. I did have chicken. So that does exist. We had some beef fillets. I found what was interesting is everything tends to be heavily sauced. Like I found that when I had things and I had meat, it had like a lot of sauce to it. I don't know. Like here you just get a filet that's just cooked and lightly seasoned. There it's like kind of covered with sauce. Like so, what, what kind of sauce? I, I don't know that it I was could, weird. Kind of, it was kind of like a gravy, but didn't it didn't have like I, I don't know. I don't remember the flavors, but it didn't have like strong flavors. But okay. like I, I think like there was one that had like gravy and had capers in it and um so just kind of light seasoning um you know truffles are a big thing there because they okay. every day they have truffles that grow in croatia so that is really big um but yeah no there was a lot of sauces and i felt like they seemed a little heavy-handed with the sauces unnecessarily were they and like gnocchi. different sauces though like or was it like a like did they just happen to like you didn't, you didn't get it like a choice of what sauce. you wanted it just like if you ordered a filet it would come like covered with a like a gravy what okay. we would we would call like a gravy okay um and a lot of um sides were like gnocchi oh, okay yeah. um so yeah not, I, like, not I really care for gnocchi I, yeah, it's okay. I mean, I was okay with it. I found it to be kind of bland, and it's I've never had it before. Um, I've known about it, but I've never had it before. But yeah, I didn't really care for that. Um, it was okay. I mean, we did get French fries some places, so that did exist. But otherwise, you didn't get like baked potatoes or mashed potatoes like that. I don't. That, I don't that's know like that they potato. have. Yeah, I don't know that they're big potato people. Well, but, but there was several different times when they had that that dish that they cook under a stone. And that had potatoes, but those are more like a roasted potato. So it was more like a, a white potato that was peeled and then it roasted. Um, so I had that a couple of times, but that came with like a veal or yeah. a lamb. Sometimes I wasn't sure if it was veal or lamb, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, was- I never tried those. I, it was always like I'd get beef and then they just have gnocchi with it. So Sounds but, good to me. <laughs> but it was okay. Oh, again, Whitney, you would love the food there. I mean, you even some of the fish happy. that they had, the, they had different fish that were than we have. There was yeah. actually one time they, I, I actually got um, uh, something, and there was actually a little bit of octopus in it. I didn't care for the octopus, Ooh, yeah. but, um, but I, I've never really liked octopus. Uh, it's one of the few fish I don't care for. But they had a white fish that um, ended up not being what they thought it was that I when I had it, but it was still good. It was a, it was a very light white fish i don't i don't remember what they ended up figuring out what it was but first they told me it was sea bass i'm like well i've never had sea bass before so this would be interesting but then it was going to be served that next night but then it also came with um raw salmon i don't like cooked salmon and i don't do any fish raw so i ended up choosing the meat menu that night uh, you know i mean to have that but you know when they were going to have the others so you know it's it's definitely different how they do things um mm-hmm. you know we've, we've well even, I mean, if you want to talk about like how meals are there. Oh, yes. I think that is a big difference. And that was um, a little bit of a, I won't say culture shock, but definitely culture difference for us. 
So generally they have their main meal at lunchtime and it's usually a three course meal. Wow. So they have a starter and then they have the meal and then they have um, a dessert, but then they also have salad too, that they just kind of like we would, they would serve everything else to us, but the salad would be there. Yeah. It was weird. They kept the salad on the side. So the things they had available with the salad were interesting too. So always um, corn. Yes, they had always cold corn and corn with the salad. With the salad, that was so interesting. And they had cold canned corn. Cold canned canned corn. Corn. That sounds weird. Yes, that that was like a a steady staple with the salad every day. Yeah. So that was. Then it was like it was like bagged salad, and then they had this bowl of this white stuff. Well, it was cabbage. Oh. But it was just weird that it was just this huge, big bowl of this white stuff. And one day I'm like, okay, what is this? So I had to taste it and see. Um, and then they did have tomatoes. Was it like had, as a coleslaw type thing or like just like a like raw cabbage? Just a bowl of raw cabbage. Raw cabbage. Like shredded you, up? Shredded, shredded up shredded that you cabbage. would put in your salad. Okay. I mean, we have shredded cabbage in our salads yeah. now. The, but yeah. it's usually the red cabbage. Well, are, and, that's what I was wondering. Are you supposed to put it in your? It's there for you yes. to like add to your cap to your salad. Yes. Okay. yes, but it was just weird that there was this huge like bowl, bowl of yeah. white, you know, cabbage. All right. Um, and then they had uh, they they basically had an oil and vinegar, and I feel like they did have they put out a French dressing, but when you looked at it, it looked more like a Thousand Island. Yeah. So it was just, you know, things were similar, but different. And I think the meal structure was different because, you know, for them, they, they, you know, do a light breakfast, they have the heavy lunch, you know, even a three course lunch. And then dinner is usually something light. Um, And so one lunch, when we were on the ship, so it's getting a little ahead of ourselves was a little challenging for me because they didn't have anything prepared that I would eat. Like I didn't want an ocean option. And again, I don't eat baby animals. So I didn't want veal or lamb. I, it's just, I'm like, no, I don't eat cute animals. Sorry. Uh, I can't do it. And they're like, well, what do you want to eat? And so every day for breakfast, and we also saw this on cruises that we took, there would be cold cuts available. And in Mexico. Oh. Yep. Yeah, everywhere else, there's cold cuts available for breakfast. And so, like, when we were in Mexico, we would make sandwiches to bring with us for lunch because that's what we right. ate. So we're on the ship, and, and Lynn's like, well, you have cold cuts. What you? I could eat a sandwich. I'm like, that would be perfect. Give me a sandwich and chips, and I'm good for lunch. And they, they couldn't understand that. Like, no, you can't eat that. No, I'm like, and trying to explain, like, that is our typical lunch. Right. You know, you have a sandwich, and that's sufficient because we don't usually eat the big break the big lunches like that and they couldn't understand that and they just couldn't do that i mean they were <laughs> horrified thinking that she wasn't going to have a sufficient meal right yes. and like it's not like we're, it'd be one thing if we weren't actually going out for dinners right right but i wasn't starving at any point we went out for dinners every night right so we had three course <clears throat> dinners which is atypical um right. you know not traditional european but we did and then we had you know the big lunches as well and i'm like i could eat a, a sandwich and be completely content and happy and they couldn't do that so they just cooked me up some chicken breast um they, they yeah, refused no, they to let you have your sandwich they, i could not have a sandwich for lunch um, now, and I, is... I think they just felt like they weren't providing enough so i right. i don't Correct. think it was a matter of me not wanting me to eat it they just wanted to make sure that i got you know something more exceptional than you know a sandwich and maybe they don't eat sandwiches i don't know like that was i don't think they do so you might not know the answer to this because i mean you you were on like you know you were on kind of a vacation but is that typical that that they like do they sit down with their families like in midday for lunch like that's what our dinner is like do they get together and like have a big lunch i just am so perplexed so so for what ivana who is one of our tour guides she had said that you know they'll have a breakfast you know kind of mid afternoon they'll do kind of grab but then when they get home they'll have like a large lunch and then later that night they'll grab something light like a yogurt or something and that will be their dinner so they call their dinner and they do take lunch periods so jumping ahead a little bit when we went to venice 
um, we almost missed buying bus tickets because the place was closing for two hours for lunch. Oh, okay. So, so it's like so a thing that, there. Okay. That can be an often thing that places will close and they do kind oh, of that, okay. you know, they midday, you know, CS lunch thing. thing. Okay. And oh. then they close and they're not available because they do do the larger lunches. So, yes. Yeah, so that's different and something you kind of have to plan for as well. But yeah, I mean, that's good to know because like, why would you? Not, why would you th- even think about that? <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, we didn't because, you know, I mean, I knew, you know, some of Europeans definitely eat different schedules than we do. But, right. um, yeah, I was kind of surprised that, yeah, the idea of a sandwich was completely appalling to them. They, they, they could not offer that to a horrified. guest. They could not offer that to a guest. And, and <laughs> I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they really were almost to the point of being offended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It no, it was. Extreme. We're like, no, really? She would like that. I, I know. It was a tough conversation. He's like, what do you want to eat? And I'm telling you. And they're like, no, we can't give you that. Like, you can really. <laughs> I, I would like that. So it's okay. But yeah. it's fine. It all turned out fine. The one thing, and I'm going to skip ahead on this part too, because I'm thinking of it, is we ate um, one of the third third night on the trip. Yes. Um, when we're we still ate in, the land in a hotel restaurant, point. we're still in the land tour. We're up in the lakes region and we're eating at the hotel restaurant. And that was a buffet and they would not allow you to have butter for dinner. So they serve, they serve bread and they have like pasta and they have whatnot. And I went and up and olive I asked, oil. and olive oil and I asked if, you know, they had any butter and they said, no, we can't serve you butter for dinner. What? <laughs> and, and that was that was pretty shocking to we were sitting at the table and that was really surprising i think luca was actually a little surprised by that one yeah so that may have i been think it was typical. a hotel i think yeah. it was a hotel thing but it was just weird that i got that response from a server like and I, we had eaten like breakfast. the chef said no you can't have butter that's <laughs> yeah, literally you what you said you can't you can't have butter for dinner they cannot we don't we don't have dinner. that available for dinner yes and and then the next morning where they're like everyone's like oh grab a bunch of extra butter packets so you have them later on because you can't you have know butter, we butter. Like butter again in the future pack and your own lives pack you your own on. butter butter <laughs> yes, that that was a true statement like what that what do you mean like I really funny. was just taken aback like it's one thing if we were asking for something like really off the wall but right, they like ask for like a pad of butter. <laughs> And they're like, no, we can't give you butter for dinner. And it's not even like they really? have to actually open a whole stick. You know, right. they no, did have the little prepackaged <laughs> pats of butter. Give me like in the two morning. pats of butter. It was I'll like they happy. were under lock and key and they How? couldn't open the safe until the morning. Funny. It was the weirdest thing. So weird. And I do think that was a hotel thing, but that was so <laughs> I actually think it was the weird. chef thing. I, I don't know. I mean, they probably just, could not understand why you would possibly want butter. Now there know, was potatoes there, so it's like she she puts well, the butter on potato. Are there potatoes? There's pasta. I mean, I don't know. Europeans probably would never put butter on pasta, but I mean that's certainly an American thing. If you have kids, some right. kid is eating pasta with butter. Um, <laughs> it just I I don't know. They were like, no, you can't have butter. I'm like, what? I almost did think and I this heard was correctly. the last resort we were at during our yeah, land portion and this was at Plivitsa Lakes and the lakes were amazing oh and, my goodness. and they, the waterfalls were amazing and it's a long walk down and a long walk back up again it's a uh, lot of stairs going down it's a lot of um, incline coming back up um, well worth it I'm glad I did it I wasn't sure I could um, but the hotel honestly was like was something not you would see if you go to like a ski lodge up in New Hampshire. That's exactly what I would um, liken it to. Like I went to um, yes. a hiking spa in Vermont years and years and years ago. And this particular, it was at Killington, Mount Killington. And they did not have air conditioning in this resort. They do now. But this was back like, you know, either late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and the, you know, so it was like, oh my God, I'm going to stay at this place and it's not going to have any air conditioning. I'm like, oh God, I love air conditioning. So that was fun. Um, and it, you know, it was very interesting to see that type of thing, but that's exactly what it reminded me yeah, of. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with not that. Not a lot of amenities, 
because you're only sleeping there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny. We think all the time, even when we talk about the stuff at Disney, it's like, oh, I'm just going to be sleeping there. But we don't always realize the best um, or or the, the, um, uh, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, The amenities that you do like to have, Mm -hmm. even in the room. So, and I do want to share one thing that I learned almost the hard way. Um, you have to have a special kind of hair dryer. You cannot just take mm. your hair dryer from the States and plug it in with an adapter because oh, the amps are too high. So my hair dryer started popping and oh, no. it got all red inside. So I'm oh, no. I, I shut it right off. Uh, I think I probably would have had a fire if I had actually oh, continued yeah. to use That's it. That's a good note that there were, I mean, this is Europe. There were no American outlets. So definitely bring the converter with you. Have a couple mm-hmm. of converters. Um, I mean, most of the hotels didn't have like USB ports, so you would need a converter to be able to plug your phone in. But absolutely, yeah, she didn't have luck. They had hair dryers in the room, but Lynn has a special one that she uses for her hair, and that was not Europe friendly. So I actually ordered one online when I got home that you can switch the amperage from 110 to 220. And that's where the problem is, is it's too much juice. And so basically it could have caused a fire. Mm. So I was lucky I didn't ruin my hair dryer. It does work still at home, but it will stay home. Um, in fact, the one I bought it will be my traveling one from now on. So because I have one of those ones basically that is uh, it's like a brown brush that you just pull from yeah, the inside the of your hair. Um, for those who have really curly hair and are trying to make it maybe a little less curly or a little less frizzy, that's what it's for. So I ended up having to go with the the. The undried curly look, which I hate at the end of that, that trip. So, um, but so yeah, that's, that was another thing we could do. Um, so let's just talk a little bit cause we actually are getting close to our hour. Um, anything else about Plavitska Lake, Plavice, 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 oh, I can't say. Plavice. uh, Lake. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it just it was definitely cooler there. We were there and it was a little rainy, drizzly. So pay attention to the weather. You know, we definitely had jeans, we had jackets on, had umbrellas with us um, because it was rainy. Um, be prepared. I guess one thing overall that we haven't mentioned that really, really, really important and would probably apply to most of Europe is it's not necessarily accessible friendly. Mm. Europe, uh, walking. Well, if uh, disability, if you have a disability. disability yes. Yeah. So if you have a physical walking disability, that can be challenges in some of these areas because in the cities, they are all stairs and hills. Not There's no flat land. Like Dubrovnik is not flat. Um, Split wasn't as bad. Split was more level. Um, but Dubrovnik was all stairs. And then when we got onto the different islands off the cruise, that was all stairs and hills. So I said, no wonder why people in Croatia are so skinny because all they do is walk up and down these stairs all day. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and they're no joke. Like you look at these hills. I'm like, how do people live up on this? Like, you know, uh, high slope. Uh, you know, we went to one church that was like, and I love going to churches. I skipped doing the one because they told us it was going to be 200 steps. It was 200 steps stairs. I'm like, and those, and those wow. there's no way no I can do it. Joke. And meanwhile, I'm seeing like these elderly people like go down the stairs. I'm like, do they do this every single day? I can't believe you wouldn't do the stairs for Jesus, Lynn. Come on now. Oh, I did a lot of other things. <laughs> she stairs. did see many of the churches and the churches <laughs> were gorgeous. I'm sure they were absolutely gold gilded, the details, the history again, unbelievable with these churches. Um, But yeah, no, everything was stairs. Everything is up and down the stairs. Like, so you have to prepare yourself and know that ahead of time. Like most of these things, like we went to the top of the stairs to go to that restaurant, you know, the Cersei stairs. Yes. Um, and those so, were hard stairs. Those were hard stairs. They were steep and it was there wasn't an elevator option. And <laughs> so, there's no railings. No, yeah, no. So you're, I'm point. like literally like every once in a while I'd find a railing, but most of the time there was no railings. So I ended up, you know, grabbing a wall or do what I have to do. I mean, yeah. I, my knee and my my left foot blew up so much that I literally had nine pounds of fluid on me when I got home. 
Wow. And I know that just because I lost nine pounds in two days. So uh, it was, it was a lot of walking and again, I mean, I realized how out of shape I am with doing all of those stairs and I'm just watching these people up and down. This is what they do all day. Like they're just so used to it that it's second nature to them and God bless them because they're probably far more healthier for it, for all the exercise, but well, that and um, the fresh food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Fresh food. Well, and, and I mean, the honestly, air and the, and the water there. I mean, here's another note too. Like there's, freshwater springs all over the place like in the cities they just have like these beautiful fountains ornate fountains that are just you know ancient old and it's all fresh water like you can go up and drink it and it's all wow. like fresh spring water like it's completely safe to drink everywhere you don't have to worry about ice cubes or anything in the country but it's just healthy i'd say the only thing that wasn't healthy is the smoking mm. smoking but that wasn't as bad there as it was in um venice Venice was far worse, but smoking is just like, I mean, you go to restaurants and there's ashtrays on the table. And so people smoking in the outside tables. Oh yeah. Like people, like you're sitting there and the restaurant, they're at a cafe and they're sitting there smoking. So a little bit mixed because again, everything is so healthy, but there was a lot of smoking. So that was a disappointing factor of it. Um, not something I would say would be a cause to not visit, but something to be aware of. And again, um, if you do have any accessible concerns, uh, walking concerns, something to think of on these tours um, that, you know, bring a cane or that there many of the streets were uneven uh, because they're they're old cobble streets or they're old brick streets from hundreds and hundreds of years old before people even had a thought of trying to be courteous to those with disabilities. Yeah. Um, so but that that's, you know, Europe across the board that you're going to run into that because of the history. So we did see a few different places coming up. Um, we did see some bears that had been rescued from the lakes when they were babies and they were super cute. They were brown bears and they were taught how to sit up and put their paws up like they're Aww. saying, please. They were very sweet. And, and they would, um, you could give them oranges and then they would peel the oranges ever so carefully to get the orange meat out. It's amazing. Oh, you know, they've got these three, four inch nails, like these huge things, and they could just carefully remove the yeah. rind off an orange Aww. and not damn, not, you know, really damage the orange so they could eat it. And anyone, um, if you go on the Coasters and Castles Travel Facebook page, which I encourage you to go on and of course, like and follow um we have many pictures in there the bears are in there we did many many lives so you can see a live of our hotel room of rixos in dubrovnik um we may have one from the split hotel i don't remember yes we but, did uh but there are lots of lives in there so if you want to see what we're talking about please go to the coasters and castles travel facebook page and definitely check out that bear video because they were so cute. Oh, they were so cute. I mean, and they did seem well taken care of. So yes. it had a large habitat. They seemed they had lots of enrichment items in there. Um, they really did see. And again, I'm a huge animal lover. So I'm very, very sensitive to habitats that would not be appropriate. And I think given the situation, um, I, I think they were in a good position to be. So, yeah. They said that they would it would not have been safe for them to have been re-released into the wild because they were injured when they were found and their mother had been killed. And so they were nursed back to health Yeah, um, and they were babies. So they probably had to be nursed, um, you know, given like some sort of a bottle feeding. Um, and then at that point there, they were so used to humans that, you know, I mean, they would not have been able to they was so sweet. go back into the wild. But yeah, I mean, they were really... They, um, I, I really wanted to go up and give one a hug because they look oh like God, giant yes. teddy bears. And I mean, we couldn't, obviously, that we were behind <laughs> fencing and all this other stuff. But just the way they sat up on their hind legs and put their paws up like they were, they almost looked like they were praying, to be honest with you. But mm -hmm. it was um, Dadio, our, uh, one of our, our driver, kept saying, say please, say please. So they would sit up in their hind legs and put their two hands together, their two top front uh, paws together, and oh, in a, cute. in a, looked like a prayer thing but it was a please so sweet so sweet um and so they got a couple of orange each from us um 
so they were sweet. So, um, so this is kind of the end of our Leanne portion. Um, and again, please take a look at the Facebook page. Like Gabriel mentioned, there's so many great photos there. And then uh, we'll start with our, our, our sea portion, I guess, our water portion, the boat, the ship portion, um, and our next episode. Uh, so we do want to thank you again for listening today. And um, we do ask if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, please give us a nice five-star rating. And we thank you and have a great night. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast, your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasts and Castles Travel is here to make your dreams And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast, your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasts and Castles Travel is here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the magic of theme parks, the luxury of exotic getaways, or the thrill of cruising, our expert team has you covered. Visit our website at www.travelcnc.com to discover a world of travel possibilities. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with travel tips, destination highlights, and inspiring stories. Feel free to connect with us on social media. We're under Main Street to the World on both Facebook and Instagram. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast, your gateway to the wonders of travel. We hope you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. And this sucks. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the Main Street to the World podcast your gateway to the wonders of travel. We, we hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of new destinations and unique experiences. April, Whitney, and I certainly thank you for listening today. If you're ready to embark on your own unforgettable journey, remember that Coasts and Castles Travel is here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the magic of theme parks, the luxury of exotic getaways, or the thrill of cruising, our expert team has you covered. Visit our website at www.travelcnc.com to discover a world of travel possibilities. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode filled with travel tips, destination highlights, and inspiring stories. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Main Street to the World to share your thoughts, experiences, and suggestions for future episodes. Thank you for tuning in to Main Street to the World. Until next time, keep exploring, keep adventuring, and keep making memories all around this incredible planet of ours. Safe travels, all!